All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion about the intersection of Web3 health and just societal impact in general. We're living in an interesting world where AI and Web3 and all these technologies are coming about. But I don't want to steal the thunder from my guest today. I'm really excited to have Mattia on the show. So uh, I want to make sure I don't butcher his last name, but Mattia Mervasovic, and I practiced this just a second ago. <laughs> Um, and you can correct me on the spelling, but uh, what's most important is Matias seen a lot of really great stuff in this space of Web3, and uh, he is the co-founder and partner at Eterna Capital that's doing a lot of great stuff in this space, supporting some some great projects and great theses in this space. I'm not going to steal his thunder. Matias, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much, Anthony. Very nice to, to be in the show. Absolutely, and I think the most important thing is correct me on your la the, the pronunciation of your last yeah, name. Yeah, Mervozovic. Yeah awesome. yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for allowing me to butcher it a little bit. But I guess maybe to start us off, I love hearing about origin stories. Our listeners love hearing about where things started. So many of our listeners are, are in the Web3 space, getting to Web3 space, but there are also a lot of healthcare leaders also that listen to the show that are fascinated about these different technologies that can help them do their job in industries a lot better. Teleport us back. Take us back to where things started from you. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your origin story. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we go back uh, five years uh, where we launched uh, Eterna Capital. Mm -hmm. uh, it's four co-founders, uh, four partners. And, uh, you know, I was a BlackRock at the time. And, uh, you, know, we were, you know, we were all like uh, different roles at BlackRock. And uh, sometimes basically um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm an engineer by, by background and uh, always been interested in, uh, you know, intersection between finance and tech. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think uh, when someone told me about blockchain, uh, probably at the beginning it was like, oh, it's interesting. But, you know, um, at some point I'm like, OK, let's dig into it a bit deeper. And I found it very interesting. And um, especially with my background and, uh, you know, the interest in general between, uh, you know, tech and finance, uh, I thought let's get into deeper, deeper, deeper. And then obviously, I think as everyone in the space, once you, you know, uh, once you get to know it a bit better, then you can kind of get back to it uh, or, uh, you know, go out from it. So basically, um, at the time at BlackRock, we were, uh, you know, doing different uh, kind of roles and uh, we were part of an internal forum. Uh, this was like six, seven years ago, um, where, uh, you know, kind of the company was studying digital assets and, you know, uh, back then already like, uh, you know, crypto versus uh, blockchain and crypto assets uh, uh, correlation with, uh, you know, traditional assets, et cetera. Trying to, to understand really like, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the potential of this new tech. And basically, um, you know, uh, it was clear that there was a huge potential. And in that forum, actually, I met my then co-founders, Asim and Nassim. And, uh, you know, we started, uh, you know, chatting and we shared the same passion. And uh, uh, Nassim then, you know, introduced us to Andrea, our fourth uh, co-founder, um, because they studied together in Peter College, London. And, uh, you know, from there, we basically started, uh, you know, investing together uh, initially as a syndicate and then basically... You know, we noticed more and more that uh, uh, companies, you know, it was really the, the far west back then, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and basically, we noticed more and more that, you know, serious company and then, you know, um, founders, et cetera, they really wanted uh, um, uh, venture capital firms that, you know, were basically, uh, you know, supporting them in the long term, we, you know, with real support. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we noticed there was an interest from venture capital firm, but also having the community involved. So, you know, for a lot of deals, uh, sometimes it's a question of, uh, 
making sure that the community is involved uh, as well as having like you know strong backers and mm -hmm. uh, then we thought look uh, you know uh, it's it's probably the moment for us to you know jump into the space full time and uh, we all quit and basically we we launched uh, eterna capital nice nice no, that's great. I, I mean, I appreciate your background. It pr provides an interesting perspective, right? BlackRock, like one of the big, biggest asset holders in the world. And, you know, I, I, I think I was listening to something the other day that talked about Larry Fink and making comments about, you know, uh, you know, tokenizing various different asset classes is obviously a, it's uh, it's interesting to hear that said, but it also feels like a natural societal um, progression as well. You know, why not with this technology start to look at different assets from everything from like, you know, carbon credits to, to uh, I know for you, as you know, for us, we're looking at tokenized, we tokenize healthcare assets, right? But you have precious metals, you have, you have real estate, you have all these different uh, asset classes, but uh, it's very fascinating that how you guys came together as a group, your thesis is in your backgrounds and the, the, the competencies that you're bringing to the space. Um, I guess one thing I'm curious about is like, what are you seeing out in the market right now? What, do you, what themes related to Web3 or AI or, or just in general in technology are exciting you these days. What are you, uh, what type of uh, companies are you looking for? What type of technologies and, and elements are you looking to invest? And in? I just love to hear more about your passions and, and what has a lot of your attention these days because there, things are moving so fast, right? You have to pick a couple of theses and go deep and see which companies are actually making significant commercial traction or just usage and things like that. So I just love to listen to a, a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for us, uh, you know, uh, we were quite early in the space and we noticed a bit, you know, the cycle, uh, like a kind of usual technology cycle. And with all the new tech, uh, you always have, you know, an initial period of excitement and then, you know, usage. And then uh, probably there are some technologies that, you know, um, uh, were very early. So they were, uh, you know, maybe full of, like, you know, kind of uh, issues or like, uh, uh, initial issues that then got solved somehow but then uh, you know some of these company also um, you know these issues probably remained and some uh, as always in, you know and uh, you know in, in the real world as well like uh, uh, companies didn't make it to the end and then others that were winners from the previous cycles so basically I think you know in in uh, crypto the cycles are much faster than in the real software applications um, for a lot of reasons but basically uh, by saying that, uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, these days, for example, we see uh, still see like a new wave of layer one protocols. So we had, you know, a massive wave in 2018 where we actually were also early stage investors in, you know, Algorand, Hashgraph uh, and others. And, uh, you know, now it's interesting because uh, after the, that previous wave, uh, there is actually, you know, with Aptos and uh, Sui last year, but also others at the moment, uh, we have like a new kind of... Uh, you know, uh, yeah, new kind of layer one protocols that are looking to to jump into the market very aggressively as well. So that's for us quite interesting in the sense that, uh, um, you know, the way I see it to a degree is that uh, the base layers are going to become like uh, so important and are still like so important that, yeah. um, you know, in the future, you never know. Uh, we still probably don't know exactly how this is going to be figured out in the sense that, uh, you may have like, you know, a few like very strong layer one protocols that are going to get all the markets or, uh, you know, maybe you have like a, you know, multi-chain uh, kind of future with a lot of different chains all competing for getting clients. And at the end, uh, even then, uh, you know, um, bridges is something that uh, obviously, you know, you have the year zero, warm, all, accelerator of these worlds. Uh, 
very top projects. Um, you know, there are people I know that are more like maximalists, let's say, in this way, that believe that really there's going to be, you know, few chains, bridges are the issue. Others saying, no, actually, it's going to be, you know, multi-chain and, you know, the bridges are necessary. So I think we are a bit in the middle uh, with our thesis in the sense that uh, it's quite early uh, to understand exactly um, how this future is going to be, you know, rolled out for the tech. So we are still excited by new layer ones. We are still excited a lot by, um, you know, base layers of the tech. So layer twos, for example, anything that can scale vertically, you know, uh, zero knowledge is definitely something that we see a lot these days. And then, uh, you know, in terms of applications, uh, we really start to see now some like uh, uh, very interesting use cases, you know, um, obviously, you know, in the health sector, you know, in the, like uh, entertainment sector, like there really is like a lot of interest from uh, uh, big corporations to jump into the space. Um, despite the bear market, to be honest, we see like a very large, uh, you know, corporates that finally understand uh, the you know the potential of blockchain tech and really is jumping into into the sector so for us you know uh, base layer tech uh, infrastructure is something is still really important uh, but we are also looking at uh, you know now really like uh, sometimes what we call uh, you know web 2.5 so like companies that are really bridging you know and it's going to be a cycle for them for sure where there are companies that, uh, you know, uh, help Web2 corporations to really jump into the space. And they know the sector and they also know though what uh, traditional corporations want. So I think this is a good array of uh, opportunities that we're looking at uh, at the moment. Nice, nice. Mattia, I know a, a lot of our listeners. So yeah, um, Sui, Aptos, these are really exciting kind of, you know, layer ones. And then there's some new layer twos that are, you know, coming out with the, on the ZK side. Uh, when you look at new opportunities, how do you how do you discern if uh, a new layer one that is being worked on and approaches you guys, how do you discern uh, if that layer one could be a winner? How do you discern if a layer two deal that comes across your plate could be a winner? Where are you seeing the white space and opportunity specifically, maybe in verticals, in use cases, in, in um, what are those attributes and how do you know uh, that what you see come across is is very promising. Is it about the tech, the traction, the vertical, the expertise of the team and where they're coming from? Just love to understand kind of the uh, your algorithm, uh, your decision algorithm for opportunity in layer ones and layer twos. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think, uh, look, uh, at the end, uh, obviously the team is uh, at the early stage, uh, probably the most important element that we, we look at. Uh, uh, especially if they, for a new layer one, I mean, it's a very complex tech because you have, you know, the consensus mechanism, et cetera. Um, so for that, for sure, it has to be like a very strong uh, technically. And, uh, you know, then we have, uh, you know, uh, we do our own uh, technical diligence on projects and, you know, that is probably the starting point, let's say. Sure. Uh, but uh, the reality is that, uh, you know, um, there is a difference between uh, uh, R&D, if you want, like a research and development facility, let's call it this way, where uh, you have a very strong tech, uh, but then uh, the go-to-market is essential because otherwise, uh, you know, in the world, even like there are a lot of examples of like uh, very top techs, but, uh, you know, uh, if they don't have a nice go-to-market and nice traction, they will just remain, like, let's say, isolated to a degree. And some of the layer ones of the previous cycle, uh, didn't make it, let's say, let's call it this way, because of this reason as well. Like uh, they were a bit, uh, you know, um, unknown uh, under uh, after some years. So basically, uh, the other important thing is that uh, um, uh, it's it's quite funny, but uh, you know, in the world of VC, like sometimes you see 
projects that maybe are not perfect from a product or a tech perspective, but the community yeah. wants it so much that at the end, they're going to receive a lot of inflow in cash and basically, uh, you know, because the people want it. And uh, I think uh, one good example of that is for uh, companies like uh, Uber, right? So yeah. Uber uh, had a lot of challenges in uh, approaching some countries, you know, obviously for, you know, for a lot of reasons. But at the end, you know, uh, the community and the people, uh, you know, they all use Uber. They, they really want it. And they really, you know, still now like one of the best, uh, you know, companies uh, worldwide pretty much. So I think that for layer ones in particular, it's the same in, and for probably all the companies. But like layer one in particular, I would say tech, uh, very strong go to market. And uh, because the market is already quite crowded, uh, you really need to have something that stands out a lot. And uh, this also comes with like a very strong community. Um, I think, you know, uh, you, need to have, you need to have a very strong uh, network of VCs as well that uh, really can help you, uh, you know, kind of being um, competitive in, the, in this market at the moment. It's like uh, quite crowded, right? So you really can, you have to be like, a, you know, a, a very strong project to, to, to kind of make it in the top 50, top 100 uh, uh, token by market cap, basically, yeah. And what do you, this is great. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. How do you see the market in terms of like all these new infrastructures and tokens out there? Um, not to mention you have now AI and generative AI and how it's seeping into, and one would say that Web3 kind of encapsulates AI. There's some, there's even new tokens now that are like generative AI tokens or using generative AI to help provide value in the project, to provide the balancing of, their different um, inputs into the tokens, burns and sinks, right? And things like that. But how do you see the market shaking out in terms of, you know, it feels like the market only has so much appetite to have so many useful tokens out there, so many useful blockchains, right? Um, do you have a timeline horizon or potentially certain uh, macro factors that come into play that will help uh, decipher which are more important than others? And then I'd love to hear your thesis on AI and how it relates to this space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we start from there. So yeah. for us, look, we, we, we see the market as being, you know, an intersection between uh, actually the future probably between big data, AI and blockchain. So you have uh, big data that will somehow need to be, you know, analyzed. And uh, there is, you know, a, a lot of data available uh, worldwide. And, uh, you know, we don't have actually the necessary computing power to, to analyze this data. That's the reality. And the uh, by doing that, uh, I think, uh, you know, we pretty much waste at the moment around 80% of the data because we, we can't calculate what's happening. And there are several reports from, you know, Mickey and Cisco that, that you know, uh, I think uh, will tell you this in, even in more detail. But, um, you, know, from a, you know, from that, okay, you have AI that definitely helps. Uh, and, you know, examples like GPT, et cetera, I think these are, you know, top examples of how the AI can be definitely like, you know, uh, very close to the human, uh, you know, natural language. And uh, by being that, it's like very simple and more accessible to the masses. And then, uh, we inter you know, intersect with that, you have blockchain that will help in different ways. So, for example, uh, you know, um, decentralized computing, uh, it's something that uh, with block by leveraging blockchain tech can be, you know, done in a very efficient way, for example. And by having the right, uh, you know, incentives in the form either on tokenomics or, you know, you really can um, uh, make sure that uh, uh, people are involved in the, from A to Z to, to a process. Let's call it this way. So the, the problem now, obviously, is uh, with a lot of centralized companies, uh, 
um, uh, you know, there is a lack of uh, computing power. And at the same time, there is a lot of uh, idle capacity in the world, right? If you think about even your, uh, I don't know, if you know a PlayStation 5 or a console or your laptop or whatever, like the majority of the time, they're like pretty much idle. Like, you know, they just do very simple things. You know, if you find a way to, you know, um, incentivize and uh, align all the incentives of people by considering also the fact that uh, people want to be incentivized, like people are definitely interested in these things. So sometimes uh, it's funny because uh, when we see new projects uh, um, in the crypto space as well, uh, and you look at the Telegram channel, uh, the, the, the amount of questions that, uh, you know, uh, the community asks is very detailed and very specific. So they definitely do their due diligence and, uh, you know, um, and this is great to see in the sense that people want to be more involved. So why not giving them the tools uh, to be more involved and be more present? Because then uh, this is going to also provide more value add in the future for, uh, for the project and in general for, uh, I think, for the internet itself. And, um, you know, AI in, in this will play a, a major role. I don't think that uh, uh, AI specifically is going to be connected necessarily with like uh, the value of the token or, you know, the market itself. I know that there are some projects that, uh, you know, leverage AI to do some predictions and forecasts and, you know, do some like, uh, you know, uh, even financial products driven by AI. But I think uh, we're still early for that in the uh, crypto space. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's uh, you know, that's the way we see it pretty much. So AI is going to have a fundamental value. And uh, yeah. I appreciate it. No, this is this is great. I appreciate it, Mattia. Yeah, thank you for for shedding light on 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 that perspective and intersection. It's uh, it's such a big. I wouldn't say it's a debate, but it's kind of like uh, so many different part investors, founders, companies, Fortune five hundred are trying to rationalize faster and quicker and have theses between the intersection of Web three and AI now, right? To 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 understand their roadmaps, and they know it's there's convergence there. But how and why do they do those things to add value to their traditional businesses to to set themselves up for the future, which which kind of leads into sort of my last question, which is kind of very future focused. So obviously, our, our show is, a, is is called the Pop Health Show because um, technologies are very quickly changing, have the ability to change population, health and society more than ever before. When it when it comes to the future what do you see happening with some of these technologies and say these, you, you know, your investments go the direction where they need to, and they're representative in the, the industry and add value. What do you see happening in the future? What do you see happening in society? What are some use cases? Is it, you know, so everyone's able to, to, to move their money around a lot more efficient, own their data. Um, they're getting more value from their services in a more intelligent way using AI and things like that. But just, I don't want to overscript you here for, for our last question here, but maybe just tell me a lot what you'd like to see happen in the future. What do you see happening? Give us uh, give us your Nostradamus predictions. And stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the way I see it personally is this. So you're going to have between, you know, all the topic I was mentioning before, so big data, AI, blockchain. So I think, uh, um, you know, we are going towards a world where uh, the key word probably it's automation. So, you know, now every time um, there is the need for a human input somewhere in any process, you're going to have like a delay basically in, you know, in, in the process itself, right? So uh, these are all technologies that are going to allow to streamline pretty much, uh, you know, all the processes, like the majority of the processes. I definitely believe that, uh, you know, AI cannot, uh, uh, you know, uh, overcome any process like in, you know, uh, the human touch will always be needed for a lot of free, uh, for things. 
but like uh, it's uh, I think inevitable that we're going towards a world where uh, you know some uh, even like you know uh, work positions are going to be probably replaced by AI uh, and uh, especially with the natural language processing and you know GPT and other things like you know you're gonna really have uh, um, the most simple like uh, sometimes even front office roles where uh, they are very process oriented this can be potentially you know uh, changed and replaced by an AI that interacts with the client and uh, you know everyone can just play with GPT and they will understand how you know um, you know, uh, useful could be for for these kind of things. So I think uh, automation is the key word. What will bring then as an effect is automation. I think probably in the real future, like uh, thinking maybe twenty years from now, we could uh, see. You know, when when we think about blockchain, uh, pretty much is value moving around, right? So the, yeah. the concept of value and the the concept of capital even uh, may change to a degree in the sense that. Uh, now it's very segmented, it's very siloed, you know, it's you have bank accounts, you have, you know, but the moment you you start bringing value and moving value around very easily, the concept of capital is going to be much more fluid, I believe. So there's going to be, you know, where uh, you don't even know and you don't even have to know that uh, you have a token on the back and stuff. It's going to be like, you know, when you do your backup uh, in cloud, you know that there is a you know a tech somehow that works. But what you know for sure is that the value is, is moving. So yeah. um, it will have a strong effect, I think, in the world uh, population. Maybe we are going to potentially see like the first examples of universal basic income. Why not? Because, you know, there's going to be a, a redistribution of wealth pretty much. So that's right. a bit how we see it. Uh, it's going to be, you know, changing uh, a lot, I think, from where we are today. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That, and I appreciate your perspective and uh, your insight and wisdom on the space. You guys are seeing a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities, a lot of deals, a lot of movement. It is an exciting time. And it's, it does seem like since uh, generative AI has kind of come out, uh, you know, to, to be consumer friendly just in the last few months, you're starting to see the acceleration of some of these industries, you know, happen more than ever before. So congratulations to Eternal Capital. Congratulations to yourself. On, on the success you guys were having and uh, like you guys were making some really great calculated decisions on, on um, you know, who you guys are supporting. And that's great to see. Uh, very last question is just our listeners love to get in touch with you somehow, always, uh, our, our, uh, our guests. What would be a really good way to interact with you on social media or directly if you'd like that to happen? Any, any type of, um, you know, companies you want to see outreach to you guys? I can imagine you guys have a lot of uh, startups approaching you guys and uh, getting your thoughts, but what would be a good way to to interact with you if you'd like that to happen? Absolutely. And uh, I think, you know, the best way still, uh, and uh, always by, you know, kind of referral in the sense that, uh, or even like meeting in person in a conference, we are always around in the main conferences. So sure. you, people can always find us. And uh, that is the best way because you always have, you know, a kind of a human element or human touch to the connection. Uh, but obviously, we all, uh, you know, um, we always see, always look at, uh, you know, uh, direct applications as well from our website. And then obviously, you know, uh, me, myself personally, obviously on Twitter and LinkedIn, I'm always uh, active in the in the social uh, media channels, basically. Nice, nice. Mattia, this has been great. It's been really uh, enriching and rewarding just to have your insights and understand your background, your origins, and really hear and listen to uh, a phenomenal thesis in investment and in space, the space that you're in, uh, in Web3, AI, Layer 1s, Layer 2s. 
And uh, I appreciate you also giving a human element to all of these technologies, because I'm sure if you listen to both, if two years ago, you listened to both of us talk about what we're talking about now, we'd probably both be like, what are you talking about, right? But at the end of the day, it's just exciting to see how these infrastructures and pieces are going to just create a better world, right? And help humanity move forward in a more effective, efficient way to, to, to draw better connections to each other in the intersection of communication value and, and some of these theses we're talking about. So um, Matia, this has been great. I'd love to have you back on the show, maybe, you know, three, six or 12 months from now where we can talk about what's, what's happened, what's occurred. Uh, these are very rewarding for me to do. And hopefully uh, our listeners are going to get a lot of value. So to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that's interested in the intersection of Web3 technology, health, and just population population health and societal impact in general. So uh, Mattia, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on the, on the podcast. Thank you very much, Anthony. Thank you. So much. Okay. Thank you. Thanks.